Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So I saw an ad Mm. on Instagram for Highball, the cocktail app that you guys made how long ago? Oh. Oh, man. Many years ago. No idea. (laughs) 2015, maybe? Okay. I would say like 14, actually. So the ad was made by a company called Weekend Video. What's the story here? What's going on here? Yeah. We have a professional ad now for one of our free products (laughs) yeah i mean i'm really intrigued by this yeah so just totally random thing uh the i suppose it's the the main proprietor of uh weekend video guy named ryan uh just emailed us out of the blue and was just like hey uh we want to make a spec spot for highball is that okay and i kind of didn't know what that was i think i had to look it up <laughs> and i was like uh yeah oh man i nearly just destroyed my sure. microphone yeah <laughs> i had a mouthful of coffee and you said <laughs> a literal spit take <laughs> yeah you're very close you did it, um, and uh and so for those that don't know a spec spot is <laughs> which could be many people yes, could be. <laughs> including you yeah which was me not ago. too long ago uh <laughs> it's when you make an ad uh either there's kind of i guess two ways to do it one is it's like not a real ad um like the person the person or product you're advertising for is not paying you for it. Um, and it's often done as a way to like practice or build a portfolio piece or something. So imagine if you're trying to get your foot in the industry and you have no work experience, you need to generate work somehow. And so often Mm -hmm. the path to that is making a spec spot where it's like, I'm going to make a, I have a cool idea for an Adidas ad that I want to make. And obviously Adidas is not going to hire me, you know, a 22 year old. So I'll make this spot and it'll be part of my portfolio. And so that's kind of what happened here is that they have, you know, like a young directors that they want to train or have something to practice, you know, going through the motions of making like an actual ad and, you know, doing all the steps that you need to do. And so we were just super lucky that the idea that they had was for one of our products. And so I had no idea what to expect. And then when we saw it, it was like, oh, this is like a real, (laughs) this is like a real professional looking ad. So that was kind of a cool surprise. Um, yeah. And by the way, Dan told me none of this, and he just literally emailed me a link to this video. And I was watching it going like, oh, crap. Someone, like, ripped off and completely copied our Highball app. Like, I, my thought was that someone completely just ripped off the whole app and has, like, oh. venture funding or something and then made this ad. So you sent him... The link with zero context. Zero yeah. context. Well, I said it was zero context, and then I followed up, and I was like, I, I was like, I paid these guys twenty k to make this ad. I hope that was okay. <laughs> I knew that was a joke, but I, I was just like relieved that it wasn't some complete like lift of an app, you know, like completely taken. Uh, and then I got the full story. Um, but yeah, that was fu- that was funny. Uh, but okay, yeah, it looks is- like. It's very really real good. And good. It's very funny too. Yeah. It's, it's really well done. And this makes more sense now because I was really confused <laughs> by it. Like, because I think you posted it on Instagram, and I was like, "What? <laughs> like, why? Why now? Like, why of all times?" <laughs> Yeah. We're going back all in on cocktail stuff. We've had a, a 180. You know, I have recently been getting into uh, making margaritas. Mm. And I and I wish that you still sold the um, the salt thing. Salt uh, oh, thing. Yeah, I use yeah. that all the time because I make margaritas all the time. Yep. It's good. Because I yeah. struggle to put salt on the rim of the glasses. Mm. Yeah. 
I have a good margarita recipe, by the way, that I should send you via Please. highball. Yeah, it's, Please. Uh, it's been perfected. Mm-hmm. Please, then. I would like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, they have this now, which is which is really interesting. I, I, mean, I can see how this happened. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they used the app or maybe they're like, oh, we have a cocktail-focused thing and it worked for them, right? The idea mm-hmm. is quite smart. You can see how maybe they came up with an idea and found a place to fit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do with it now? Do you have any plans for it? Or are you just going to like, this is Pro- just an ad that you have? Yeah, probably nothing. I mean, I actually, I I asked, I don't even know what we're quote unquote allowed to do with it. Uh, you know, it's like, can we put this on our website? You know, how, like, how can we use it? And I'm actually still waiting to hear back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think at most we would just put it on our website, like for the highball page. But I don't think we I mean, we I would don't do- know how spec was it what did we call it spec spot a spec spot yeah i don't know how the rules of a spec spot work but it would be surprising to me that if you couldn't just use it like that yeah i mean yeah because they asked you you Mm -hmm. know like Mm -hmm. for their benefit so uh you know i don't but i mean who knows i don't know the rules of spec spots yeah (laughs) could be anything it's nicely made though yeah. Yeah, super nice. Yeah, they did a good yeah. job. And yeah, they're they're based in Dallas uh and just kind of like mm. a funny coincidence thing is uh one of my friends uh te- like texted me after they shared that on Instagram and was like, "Wait a second. How do you know these people? Like I'm friends with them. <laughs> like I worked with them before." It was just like a crazy kind of worlds colliding thing. So that was kind of fun too. So we're all in on highball. <laughs> all in on highball. It's a nice app. Oh, thank you. Yeah, apps. Nice. Well, yeah, we wish. Yeah. <laughs> We've always highball. It's like I'm. All, it's like right there, being like, this could be a. It's easy. There's easy ways to make this a subscription app, but the market seems really small, you know? So it's like, do we spend all this, like, you know, it's always one of those like, oh, there's ways to actually do this in a subscription way, but it's, mm. you know, probably pretty tiny market, but I don't know. It's like really, how would one know besides doing it? And uh, that that's like a big commitment. So it can just continue to sit there. I mean, it doesn't break. That's the cool thing is it just, it like doesn't have any bugs. It just doesn't really break. It just kind of sits there. So it's still useful. Like I, that's, I, that's the app I use that we've made. So I don't do know. you uh, still have any other apps in the app store? Yeah, we have uh, two others. We have slow, fast, slow, which yep. still gets a ton of downloads like consistently a ton of downloads <laughs> it's also free and then we have framographer which is old like it is definitely it's old very long in the tooth yeah i'm very looking at the screenshots and <laughs> yeah, oh no, man no, no. it's like <laughs> wow oh, this is eight years old like i can tell by looking at it <laughs> look at uh, the shine on those buttons oh, yes. uh, yeah there's lots of like oh you're this is i remember we were like let's not be skeuomorphic but how could we be so like we can't be so flat but we don't want to be skeuomorphic it was like that that was the (laughs) culture of like app design so we have lots of texture but not like realistic texture but um yeah i mean that app still also works and is really like fast uh still because when we wrote it it was like bare it's like down not to the quote metal but it's very simple in what it's doing behind the scenes and not using Mm -hmm. a lot of like framework so it's very uh it's just very simple so it's still like cruising around but you know it would be a lot of work to get in there and like really update it like a ton of work so like basically rewriting it so and that's kind of true for all of them like so we you know we don't have any plans to if there was like a big bug that was keeping it from opening like we've fixed those in the past but you know we wouldn't probably re crack it open and do a whole version or something that that'd be a ton of time uh do you have to check like every time ios comes out or every time there's new phones you have to do like do you do you still go through and check that everything's working i haven't in the past couple we used to more regularly mm. i think things have kind of settled the thing that always gets us is you know how apple changes like where you when you open when you like request permission for photos or something there's a little pop-up that happens and then you know you have to say yes allow you can look at photos um 
that is where that whole per, like asking for those permissions and the correct permissions you have to keep up with that or that will make your app crash and so that's the thing we've kind of fixed over the years is just making sure like those permissions are correct but in terms of the like ui or anything that's happening behind the scenes we've almost everything in those apps is all custom like custom our own ui and uh, custom transitions and stuff so it's not like the UI is shifting out from under us because we're using default elements. It's all custom. So it kind of, that code is pretty, you know, it will just keep going for a long time. There shouldn't be anything besides like Mm. when you're, you know, interfacing with the OS, like on a permission basis that, that breaks sometimes, but otherwise, yeah. And it should just keep, keep rolling along, you know? Um, So that's, I mean, they feel good. I mean, they still feel like fine. Like they still feel like useful and good. So it's worth kind of having them around. But I think if they started breaking a lot and felt gross, we would just pull them. I would guess. I don't know. But that's my sense. I wonder if anyone will want to make a framographer ad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That was such a long time ago. That was really a long time ago. That was like 2012 or something. 2012. Yeah, I think so. Oof. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. And that yeah. was back when apps seemed to be a potential route for the business. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, yeah. And we, I mean, that app did okay. Because I think it was $5 when we mm-hmm. first launched it. Still right? is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was three bucks. I think it was three bucks when we launched. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we, I think it was, it was there for a long time. And then it went down. We made it cheaper. And then we made it more expensive again. Because we because we were like this if anyone is finding it was it was a deterrent so people don't download it (laughs) it's like hey listen we don't want a billion users it's like the i am rich version yeah stop motion application (laughs) that's right so yeah um yeah that one that one could that is on its last legs for sure yeah Mm -hmm. i mean that to me is still the ideal shape of our business would be like a hybrid of hardware stuff and software stuff and we can kind of either TikTok or like have kind of concurrent things where we can switch back and forth and if the software generated a decent amount of revenue i think that would be awesome and that would be really fun to kind of have these two two ways of working that are quite different, but also similar in some ways, uh, and just be able to do that. And uh, we've talked about this before, but that's like, that was kind of our wheelhouse. Like prior to starting Studio Neat, like I was doing UI design and Tom was doing software basically. Uh, And so it's very naturally suited to us and how we like to work. Um, But uh, we've given it the college try many times and it always seems to... uh, not quite work out uh financially so we've kind of more or less abandoned it i actually think now i'm more confident that we could make it work but the like investment the like opportunity cost required it was like really big like we it would be like probably like two physical products worth of time Mm -hmm. and so it just feels like we have so many things we want to do on that side that it would be a really big leap to commit the time to like really developing a piece of software but it feels like that the the that there is especially for our size and the the amount of revenue we needed to generate it seems like there's something that could totally be a good fit out there um, are you why do you say that because of like the subscription models that are now prevalent or like what makes you think that basically yeah, like subscription models, basically. And yeah. I think things have settled out where, you know, people understand there's like games, there's utility apps that are free, but have apps and like downsides are like ads and downsides. And then there's utility apps that are good and worth paying for. And I think, you know, we would we would make a good piece of software that is useful. Um, and so I think if we just found the right problem to solve, it would totally be worth it to someone to, you know, pay to solve that problem. Um, so I think we could find that, but it, but, mm. you know, like I said, it's, you know, a year of time, probably <laughs> I would say, would you say Dan, I would Ye- guess like a year. Yeah. 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 I think that it's a good observation that I think it's, 
I don't even know if I'm if I'm right in saying this, but it feels like maybe it's easier again to make money. Like I feel like it was easy at the start, and mm-hmm. then it became not easy mm-hmm. to make money. Yeah. Perhaps, <laughs> but now there is at least an understood and well supported method of making money with applications again, like mm-hmm. which is subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Enough that I think it's making sense for some people in certain categories again. And I would assume any idea that the two of you had would probably fall within that kind of audience that would be willing to pay for software. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is, as you say, so much of a opportunity cost, like a potential amount of time, a massive amount of time that you would spend for potentially no reward when mm-hmm. at this point, your other means of making money is still going really well and you understand it and you can actually reduce the opportunity cost a little bit by doing something like a Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's true. And well, and I would, if I felt that we were making like a healthy amount of revenue from a subscription app, it's not like a lot of our products were like we like design it and we're kind of like done with that and we're maintaining it. I feel like a software, if if it was like a lot of people were using it and there was like an ongoing subscription cost, I think we would really be on the hook to keep, to update it and keep building it. And that, that turns into, that's just like a full-time gig, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. or almost. And so depending on what the app is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But even so, I mean, even if it was a simple thing, you know, I think people, if there's a business there, there's going to be competitors, right? Or there already are. So you would need to keep, like, I think working on it for it to kind of really keep living. So mm-hmm. you're also committing to a lot of upkeep that, you know, it's just, a, you know, really big commitment, basically. Because we're not, you know, we're not a software company, right? And so it's hard to kind of, it's, I don't know, it's hard for me to, like, get in that headspace of, like, yeah, we'll have this app for, like, five years or whatever. So, mm-hmm. Although I guess we do. I guess well, the we thing have. is, though, like with the with the physical products, is that they continue to accrue cost consistently. That's true. Right? Mm-hmm. In a way mm-hmm. that software doesn't, in the same way, probably not to as high a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we are so time constrained. Uh, yeah, that it's yeah. you know, and we're you know we're considering ways we have to like dig out of that hole. I mean, I think we've really realized we're in this like we're now over time constrained. And so, you know, maybe, maybe in a couple years from now, we will be in a different place with that, where we have more uh, systems set up to where now it's time constrained and we can do things like that. But right now it feels like, oh, wow, that would be a really big gamble to do that. Mm. Uh, How's the Mark II coming along? I got an email that said I should confirm my uh, shipping address. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, that was... they're shipping out. Woo. It, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Doesn't feel real. <clears throat> it's it's going Yeah. It's gonna take a few weeks to get them all yeah. out, but it's we're in process of uh you know uh assembling the parts basically or you know, okay. wait you know, as as we get them the co- uh, we mentioned this in the update, but the coding process, specifically the Sarah coding, is kind of like the bottleneck to where he'll send us a few hundred of those, and we can process them and you know assemble them, which me- is like screwing the clip on and inserting the magnet and you know cleaning them and stuff. And uh, and so we're you know we'll be able to do those in batches as they come into us, but it's going to be you know a few weeks. Uh, to get all those shipped out, but it feels really good to be like, Oh, this is actually happening. We're, we're doing yeah. this now. <laughs> is there an, is this an unexpected bottleneck? No, 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 yeah. no. We learned that with the Mark one, that it's like this multivariable problem where there's supplier bottlenecks, right? Where, you know, the Serco thing is like a very detailed and labor intensive process. So that can only happen so fast. But then we, you know, nailing what our process is for assembly is 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 pretty difficult, and it kind of never ends. Like st- the Mark One, we're still like tweaking it, but you know, because the parts come in in different states of cleanliness, and then they get dirty again when they're 
coated with Cerakote, believe it or not. And so basically, what, to, to, to coat one of these pins in Cerakote, you literally have to blast it with the stuff that sandpaper is made out of, <laughs> aluminum oxide. So think about the little grit that's on sandpaper. Is literally the entire surface has to be perfectly blasted with that media to make it rough. And that surface texture is the thing that actually makes Cerakote like perform really well. Mm-hmm. And so then they're, they're coated, you know, Cerakote, but the inside might have little specks of, you know, the hardest, one of the hardest things on earth, aluminum oxide. And so we're putting this like super shiny thing inside of it that we don't want it to get scratched. So there's a lot of like cleaning and figuring out how to clean best and efficiently uh, is the thing that, you know, kind of takes some time to kind of build up, you know, the kind of best method for that. Um, And you can only really do it, like you can pretend and think, oh, here's our plan, here's what we should do. But you can't really figure that out until you have the parts and you're doing it. So that is kind of a process that we've now, I think we've, are at least settled on what we're going to do for now. We've done enough parts where it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. But that is like, you know, always a process for sure. And um, so that's kind of, it's a combination of figuring that out and the coding, you know, you know, coming in slowly and stuff. So, mm. you know, it's it's definitely a process for sure. But um, but at least we're at least I am finishing pins. Like we're at least we're finishing them and they're getting out the door, right? That's the amazing thing that it's like it's actually completing. Like the process is actually completing. So mm-hmm. that feels really good. But I guess the bottleneck, the expected bottleneck, is um, more harshly felt because things got slowed down. Oh right. yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, we we thought we were going to be doing this in like March or or April or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, it's been such a yeah. This has enduro. been by by a wide margin. This has been the longest from like launch to shipping, uh, in terms of yeah. time. Like it's been really. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's been. 18 months, uh, maybe even longer. Uh, and we're very, usually like a long, uh, timeline would be like a year, uh, or so. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long one. <laughs> it's, it, it's, I'm glad we're at the end. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and we kept, the worst is we kept getting faked out. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah. Like we, we were, you know, we every time before one of these like big delays, production delays, we we're like, okay, we can do this Mark One assembly. Let's not launch a product or do anything because we need to have the space for this Mark Two assembly, right? And then it wouldn't happen, and then we missed the window for like launching a new product, and then we're like, okay, in a couple of months, then we can do the Mark Two assembly. So we shouldn't. So we we've been putting off like launching products and doing all this stuff because we keep thinking that the Mark Two is going to be like done and we're going to need this chunk of assembly time. So it's really screwed. I mean, it's really screwed us up, you know, for many reasons. So it's been a, been a real, I am really ready to be done. (laughs) (laughs) We're done with it. You know, at least the, like the, the unpredictability, like the unpredictable nature of it. I mean, we're not ever going to be done with it. Right. We're going to keep slowly making them forever. forever. Yeah. Yeah. But that's very different than, you know, than kind of the initial Kickstarter batch and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. They're fulfilling like a couple of thousand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, in as fast as possible from one to the end. Yeah. yeah. Which exactly. is very different. Uh, that's yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. We're nearly there though. I mean, yeah. how long do you think it's going to be rough? Do you have any kind of idea now? Uh, how many have you done well, and how many do you Oh, uh, we've only shipped like a few dozen, uh, okay. but we're going to be able to, probably by the end of this week ship like a couple hundred more uh maybe and so and then i'll probably be like that like a few hundred maybe each week i would say by like january maybe or maybe early february we'll be like kind of done with the kickstarter shipments um but yeah i mean it's I'm really excited about it. Like I'm excited for it to be uh, a product in our portfolio. Like I think people are going to be yeah. really jazzed about it and it'll be nice to like have it for sale and 
take a breath. Because, um, I mean, we've had the Mark II for, or the Mark I for several years, and it's so nice having something that's like a nice object. It, it feels very like versatile in terms of mm-hmm. our product lineup, where it's like, oh, this is like a really great gift because it's a pen like who doesn't need a pen but it's like a nice thing to like treat yourself with and then also it's like not tied to any technology like it's not an iphone tripod mount or anything like that so it can exist in its current state forever like we don't we're continually tweaking it to improve it and specifically improving like the the uh assembly methods as tom described but it's like I won't be shocked at all if in 20 years we're still selling the Mark one and it looks exactly the same as it does now. Like that's kind of the idea is yeah. it's meant to last forever. And so that actually feels really cool. And it, the Mark one was the first, I think it's probably the first product we've ever made that feels that way. And For so sure. yeah. Mark two is going to be the same story where like this can live forever. We just need to like take care of it and, you know, tweak our process as we go. But that's like a pretty cool way to think about products. And I think it's informing some of our product ideas for future products. It's like, Ooh, let's try to do more things like that. Even if they're not, you know, writing instruments or in the stationary world, there's like other product categories we've been thinking of where it's like, Oh, this would be nice to have something that feels the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's assembling these Mark two pins. I have, re like remembered that this is actually cool and good because basically all of my feelings about it for the past like nine months have been negative <laughs> for yeah, like, like 11 months you, you've grown and so <laughs> yeah just like oh my it's like all stress basically and now it's like oh oh yeah this is actually nice and worthwhile i'm glad that people <laughs> will just like get this in the mail and be like oh yeah this is really nice because it is really nice but it's just like you know my relationship with it in particular, I think, has been so fraught uh, <laughs> that it's just like, oh, man, like you, I don't want to talk to you anymore. But soon, Do you know what you've soon, done to me? I know. It's like soon we'll fall back in love, I'm sure. Uh, I'm really keen. I'm really keen um, to try it out because, I mean, I've never even I've never even seen the refill that you're using, the Schmidt mm-hmm. Mini. I've never, I've never yeah. used it before. Um, and so I'm, I'm really keen to see what it's like. I'm really keen to see how it feels to have like a pocket pen with that Mm -hmm. refill and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, No. And I think also this is like it, you know, it's our first like EDC thing. Um, like obviously the Mark one you can bring with you or carry in your pocket or whatever, but this, you know, yeah, no clip. And it's you know this pen is obviously designed specifically for that um so it will be interesting to see if we're able to get any traction there kind of in that uh community or you know if there are any advertising opportunities or anything like that like it's it's mm. kind of fun to think uh to think in that context of like how can we maybe you know reach an audience that we haven't previously been reaching that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Because you've been, I've been seeing you've been doing ads on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recently. We've been doing ads. Dipped our, dipping our toes in. So far. It seems fine so far. It's, Are you using a... the Facebook ad manager? Yes, but yeah. uh, the the iOS app version of it. <laughs> right. It's right. like, I find that one easier to use, which is like kind of frustrating because I'm like sitting at a computer. I'd rather use that <laughs> but for whatever oh, reason well, that's purely because the facebook app manager on the web is one of the worst things yeah i've, made I've, by a human I've, I've come <laughs> to find that but it's like it's i've been so confused like we were like okay let's like get into this let's figure out how to do this it's just like so confusing because there's like three ad managers that yes. are like and have, you log into each of them and then they don't know which one's which yes and, and they like, have like yeah. different uis and some of them yep. seem like wait is this the old version or is this the new version like should i be using this one or am i in the wrong interface uh like it's really quite confusing um and so i've been using just the ios app that like the facebook ad manager app because it's actually a little bit more clear i feel what you're doing mm-hmm. it's a little more streamlined um 
So yeah, we've basically just been dipping our toes, in, mostly Instagram ads, and um, it seems to be going fine. Uh, we're we're still kind of experimenting to see like kind of what is working and what is not, what products seem to resonate more. Um, so we put a little bit of a pause on it now, just because it's kind of like around the holidays, and I think uh, you know ad rates and stuff go up, and it gets a little. Uh, a little intense and so we're yeah but we're looking forward to kind of trying some things uh in the new year and see if anything sticks and maybe like i've been talking to some other it's funny i'll like see ads for companies for people that i know and then i'll just like immediately send them a message and be like hey tell me about your, your ads. Like how, how are they going? You know, are, are you, did you hire someone to do that? Like just trying to get the, get the down low on what's, what's going on. And so we might like hire someone to, uh, to take a crack at it just for like a little bit to see how that goes. But yeah, it's something we're just dipping our toe in right now, but I think we'll probably continue to do it for sure. I've been getting ads for all of your products. Oh, good targeting is, i guess which is fun <laughs> i find it very funny uh, honestly it's very funny well i mean you it's because you follow studio need right i mean i've that's got to be the one of the number one like targeting probably you know. i mean i i think really because really i assume a lot of the targeting that you're doing is like accounts that are like this one whatever right uh i've tried i've tried different things um there's like that and then you can also like for some of the mark one uh ads i like specifically was like choosing you can choose interests so it's like i was picking any like stationary or pens or any like categories like that to give that a try and so yeah there's that's where all the like experimenting comes in is you know kind of like trying to tweak the audience and finding a Mm -hmm. good fit you know yeah, I mean, because I've been, I I have experimented a little bit, and I, I didn't enjoy Facebook Ad Manager, and that made it really hard for me. Right. Uh, and I mean, I know that like one of the things you're really supposed to do is to put like a pixel on the whole thing, and I just mm-hmm. haven't done any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. I wouldn't, like you know, but I, I just haven't. Um, so I've been doing a lot more of the like Instagram boosting. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. and I just don't really know what effect it's having. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we went to the dark side and like put on a Facebook pixel on a website. It was a real. Look, <laughs> dark I don't side think that this is a dark side because yeah. you were. It's like your ad. Someone saw your ad and went to your website. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, well, it's not. I don't mind. You know, having that is another problem. It's what you do with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not being creepy at all, right? About what we do with that or what we're collecting, but mm-hmm. it's just the. I think it's like the general like. You know, it's just the general, you're kind of thrown in, people don't know what you're doing with that, right? And so you're kind of just thrown in with, could be the worst actors in the world, right, in terms of that kind of stuff. And so sure. it, it's like, yeah, we're being nice, but like, you don't know that. So that's something, but it is, that was one of the things we decided, like, if we're going to do, like, in earnest, do this ad stuff, um, we really need to know what's performing or not, right? And so being able to see if your ad actually produced a sale is like the the whole thing i think i think if you don't have that you can't actually evaluate anything Mm -hmm. and so we do you know we do have that data like we can tell we can't tie it very easily or actually at all to like an exact purchase really or i don't have a way to do that exactly but it's more just like you know this revenue was generated from this ad or whatever um so, yeah, I mean, that's, I think it's definitely something that, you know, we'll do. We're basically thinking about it. I think the, the proof in the pudding is going to be, are we comfortable with the, like, cost per, you know, because we're not exactly trying to acquire customers in, like, like a social media outlet would or something. We're, like, really wanting people to buy something. And so... uh uh, being us basically just figuring out what is the number that we're willing to like give up for that like is it 20 percent of the product cost is it 10 percent of the sale you know like what are we willing to pay for that 
um, and deciding kind of what we're comfortable with. And then, you know, that I think will determine how much money we put into it. Um, So, yeah, it's uh, but it seems to be even at our like nascent stage, it seems to be at least within the realm of like, this is worth it. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's worth paying this cost for that. Right. So, um, yeah, I need to look into it more. um, And it's something like I plan to do next year Mm -hmm. because I just feel like I I've, I've tried it a few times, but I can't really get any information out of it yeah like it, I, i've yet yeah. to really understand yeah and I, it's just coming through like i you know i i haven't really been sending people to anywhere um, yeah particular. Oh. yeah try you should uh try the uh the ios app it's uh it's a better experience setting up right. the ads but then also it has a nice uh like little dashboard where you just front and center like when i had ads running it was like this is how much you've paid. This is how many conversions you have. And so it's like, here, how much, here's how much you're paying per conversion. It's just like a very clear way to see like, Oh, this is like working or it's not. Yeah. I've just downloaded that. If you've really, if you really, you had to set up quite a bit to get there. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I did all that stuff before. So like I, I have run, I have run an ad through the web version of the Facebook ad manager, Mm -hmm. which was Mm -hmm. so upsetting. Um, (laughs) So I am already there. Like I just logged in and I can see the dashboard of the things I've done in the past. So Uh I might play around with this a little bit more now and see, uh, and just see, see what it does. But this is probably something again that I'm going to focus on in the new year. Cause you're right. It's not really the time for testing. This, this yeah, is the time yeah. for people that know what they're doing Yeah, um, yeah. to be publishing yeah. stuff. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners being like, why are you amateurs doing this? There's like billions of people yeah, who no, do this I, for a living. Every and time know I how. talk about it, people reach out to me, which I appreciate, but yeah, the way that I've described I, it is like, if this is something that I think could even work a little bit, you know, I, I would get professional help. But with anything in my business, I want to be, I want to try it out myself first so I understand it, even to like yeah. a very small amount. So then I feel like I can be confident in knowing what I'm asking for from someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And, and that's our attitude too. Like, you know, maybe one day we'll hire a professional photographer to take like product photos for us. But if we do, we'll really know how to like tell them what we want and guide them. You know what I mean? And so I think it's the same thing where like, because we actually went into the weeds on this, you know, we can commiserate with, if we hire like an ads person, like we can commiserate about how bad Facebook ads manager is. You know what I mean? Like that, (laughs) that stuff really matters. And so I think, uh, yeah, I think, you know, that's always our approach. And I, I don't know. I think it's good. It's not the most efficient by any means, but, uh, it feels Feels right. Yeah. Should we talk about uh, the thing that we've worked on a little bit? We sure. haven't spoken about it yet. Um, mainly because it hasn't been available. At recording, it's still not available, <laughs> but it will be soon, if not by the time this episode goes out. Uh, so we have worked together on a Cortex branded Mark One, mm-hmm. which Ooh. I'm super excited about. Uh, we have a Really small amount of them because uh, <laughs> of uh, hashtag global supply chain um, and all that fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, this was like, I don't even remember how this came up. But it's, it's just a thing that we've been kicking around for a while. Yeah. But I think just required, you needed some things on your side. We needed some stuff on our side because we had to amass a bit of capital so we could pay you for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I this is just something that I've really wanted to do because I love the Mark One so much, um, and but I'm intrigued why you guys were interested in doing it. I don't well, think we always spoken about that. Yeah, we always thought from the big from the get go, like, oh, you know, we could do custom, or we could do custom for our limited edition versions of the pin, and nothing really came up. There had been a couple kind of interest things, but it was like you know, it was maybe difficult or it was, I don't know. And I think you saying that you wanted to do a custom version, um, it really said, okay, like we can do this with Mike, like that, like we, we know that we can work this out with him. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. not like, it doesn't have to be this like tied up process. That's like perfectly good. And we know the pricing right away and stuff. So, 
um, it's awesome because now that we have this like really good looking custom version and we've went through this process, we can formalize it and be like, hey, we offer like custom versions, right? Yeah. So um, that's that's really awesome. I'm like really happy that we, you know, that we can work it out with you, like work through the process with you basically because it feels like now we have this whole other you know, it kind of has this whole other life in some ways. And I will say, I always thought in my mind's eye that like a laser engraved logo that then is covered with Cerakote would look awesome, but it does really look yeah, it looks like it's great. really nice looking. Yeah. 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 So it's a uh, black Cerakote with, is it black PVD? I never, I, <laughs> I went, yeah. It's graphite is graphite. what it is technically yeah, okay. the color, but you know, all the colors are, um, are all super pro- proprietary to the suppliers. Not only that, we found out. So we're doing a slightly different color on the Mark II mm-hmm. than the Apollo and the Cortex one. They're both dark gray, but the, this the one that we use on Mark II is called quote gray. But really, all it is is they have these machines, these PVD machines, set up the same way, but they're in different buildings. And the one in the different building just can do this other kind of fancy trick to make it a little bit, uh, a little bit slightly different color gray. So when we specify it in like a PO or anything, we have to say graphite quote building two. <laughs> so That's I tell them, like use that machine. Because I, I mean, I've been describing it as dark gray. That's yeah, the way that's that what I it described is. it. Um, but yeah, because it's so basically what I wanted was. Because I love the Apollo, I wanted the knock from the Apollo with a mm-hmm. black Cerakote, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what we went with. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's so cool. But the best part of it is the logo. Yeah, and we yeah. spent like a lot of time on it because one, the Cortex logo is really complicated. <laughs> yeah, and two, like we just weren't sure how it was going to come out. So like the the logo on the pen, I think nobody would notice that it's actually. A, a simplified version of the mm-hmm. Cortex logo. There's less lines. Mm-hmm. But like when you look at it, you, I don't really feel like I notice it because it's reminiscent enough. Yeah. But it was just like it, it would have been way too complicated to get it to fit in the way that we wanted and the way that I wanted size-wise to do all of the little lines. So we did like a simplified yeah. version, but it looks so good. And I've got one here and I love it. Yeah, we're really cool. lucky yeah. in that our our uh, Cerco guy in Dallas is who is doing the laser engraving. Um, yeah. So it's all one stop shop. Whereas if we were having to have them engraved somewhere else, that would be we could certainly do that, but that would be much more annoying. Um, so this is nice, and he helped us. So much. Uh, yeah, like work through the, uh, you know, he basically made a uh, a sample pen with uh, laser engravings of the logo at basically, you know, several different depths. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and then, twelve depths. Or yeah, something. there's and then, so many. And then Sarah I find Cody. it such a shame that like <laughs> it isn't like. Uh, of finished pens because I want to use that as a pen. <laughs> like I have this one version, like twelve logos on it in all yeah. different thicknesses, uh, but the mechanism doesn't fit, doesn't fit inside, which oh, is a shame. Yeah, um, yeah. So that it, so it's nice that we had that and went through that process with him. So again, now in the future, if we want to do a custom version with an engraving for someone else, like we kind of have that figured out mm. already. But yeah, I think it was actually we had talked about doing a custom pen with you long ago but i think it was actually doing the limited edition uh 002 which was our first kind of like launch of the limited edition thing is when that was to me was kind of the true test and verification of like oh we this works to do like a one-off run Mm -hmm. of pens it's not too much of a pain we can like do this and it's totally fine um, and so I think that was what maybe then instigated us to be like, okay, let's like make this happen because we can do it and it's not a big deal. Yeah, I think it proved it to all of us that yeah. like, there's a need for it. And then the other thing, which is it just sat right with us because this is a more expensive upfront unit cost than anything else that we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was just about we just needed to have the budget set aside. Mm-hmm. To, to buy them from because like, the way we do it is like we'll pay you and then we put our markup on it mm-hmm. and then sell it yep. um, 
So yeah, we we're charging eighty five. Mm-hmm. I think I told you this. This is yeah. how much it's going to be. Yeah, which is the thing that we spoke, I spoke to you about, and you gave me a price range that you thought would work. I still say, and I still believe the pen. I mean, you could still charge like a hundred dollars for one of these things. It's still yeah, <laughs> but didn't want to go too high. <laughs> we probably should. Where <laughs> the mark? I think the mark two for sure. I mean, we it was cheap on the Kickstarter by design. Like we always kind of discount the pens on Kickstarter to give like, you know, a little bit of a incentive for people to back it. Cause you, we know they're going to have to be waiting. Um, so there was, oh, there's always a price increase built in, but I think for the Mark two, we're going to go kind of even higher than we thought we were. Yeah. We haven't really worked out the numbers precisely yet, but it's such a nice pen <laughs> and it's, mm-hmm arduous to make <laughs> so like those two things together it's like we have to price it accordingly uh so we'll see where we land with that but uh yeah that's... i mean the mark ii is lovely and i'm excited about it but mm-hmm. i don't think anything's gonna beat the mark one for me because the, it's the knock yeah i love the knock clip. the knock is my favorite thing and yeah i don't i don't think i would get as much satisfaction out of the cap I, like, I think you're probably right but having one of these now like having the final mark ii it mm-hmm. is satisfying in its own way like the magnetic oh, click is a delight oh, yeah, I forgot uh, about the magnet. and the uh oh, when you post it and uh and then pu- pull it out it mm-hmm. makes you know it does the like kind of pneumatic tube like pop yeah uh, when you pop yeah it out, I'm, pr- so. I'm sure that's gonna be real nice but <laughs> and i'm excited about that but the click, I know, like the, it's hard to it's, beat because I have other pens that have magnets in them, and I've had yeah, other yeah. pens that make that nice sound, and I and I like it; it's very nice. But there's no pen that that clicks like the Mark One clicks. Yep, and that's that's that is like so satisfying, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that's what that's like my main reason for loving the pen. Yeah, so I'm excited about it. I mean, I, I when people hear this, it may be available, it may not be available. It kind of depends on when it's put on sale and how long it lasts. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're like purposely going a bit low key on it. We're not actually mentioning it on the main show. Uh huh. Um, the the plan is we're gonna we're mentioning it in our uh, members show and we're gonna put it on our Instagram mm-hmm. to start with. Now the only two places that we're gonna talk about it from Cortex because we have like. 300 of them mm-hmm. and i i just don't i think if we'd put it on the main it just wouldn't last long enough and yeah and so really this is like like the like the original 200 journals this is like a test for us mm-hmm. like we think people will want it we want to find out and then the hope will be uh that in the future we can have this as a more consistently in stock product yeah mm-hmm. we, we offer would, like that's that's the we plan. would we would love that yeah, we everyone will love it. It'll be great for us all. Yeah. But like we just want to see if it works, but at the same time I am confident we will sell them all. Like I mm-hmm. I don't think it would take like I don't think they'll sell out immediately. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that if we just posted about them a few more times on Instagram and Twitter like I think it will be fine because it's not a huge amount and uh, I think I've I've been posting some teasers of it on our Instagram and people seem pretty excited about yeah. it. So Nice. As they should be. So I, I think it will sell fast. So uh, it, and then it's just kind of a case of, from uh, I think from your perspective, it's just when we can have all the parts available to do more, we'll do more. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Pins. Who would have thought? I know, right? Yeah. Well, I would have. <laughs> you might not have. You would have thought. <laughs> I would have. Thought. We. I'm realizing we never talked about. Uh, the 003 edition on this show. Uh, oh, the green and brass? Yeah. It kind of happened in between episodes, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's not, not much to say success. about it. But uh, You did more of them, though, right? Yeah, you, we, did we did 300. We did 300 instead of 100. And there, I think that felt like a really good number and that it sold out in a day. So it's like good that there was a demand, but it's not like it sold out, you know, in 15 minutes to where people felt like they missed out. Um, so that seems like a good number. Obviously, you know, (laughs) it depends on the color. Like if we put out a color that people are just crazy about, it might, uh, sell faster, but, uh, 
that seems like a pretty good number moving forward. Um, 300. Yeah, I think so for like, for these limited editions, um, you know, so we'll see, but yeah, that, I mean that I'm really happy about like 2021 has been pretty dark, uh, (laughs) because of the aforementioned, like Mark two delays kind of, uh, you know, we weren't a, we were kind of, our hands were tied a little bit to where, like Tom said, we were, kind of had our plates clear to be doing Mark II assembly and it kept getting pushed and pushed and that kind of prevented us from launching these other projects. Uh, but to me, the like introduction of the limited edition thing, it was kind of a bright spot where it's like, oh, this is a, a really exciting thing that we can kind of keep doing a couple times a year and it'll be like a fun way to, you know, stretch our legs a little bit and try some interesting well, things. And we got to finish something. Like, that's the thing. That's true. Like, we got to finish something. (laughs) Like, oh, we started this, and now it's done. (laughs) Like, that, you know. We did it twice. We were waiting for that to happen. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, I think that was actually, like, quite good to be able to just, like, have a way to finish something. uh, And, like, ship it and be done. And I think, like, we, I think Dan and I both are so project-oriented in our approach to everything that if, if we aren't actually doing that process of, like, actually getting it done and turning it around it becomes pretty like dark like Dan said. like it's like oh man this yeah so uh i think that yeah it's really nice to be able to make some and and they can be like fun decisions like mm-hmm. you know we can do something like interesting or fun with color or colorway or something and then just be done you know mm. so pretty good I want to see how wild you can push it and people still want them. Yeah. Yeah, we have some interesting ideas. Uh, I mean, it's not that, it's still just too, you know, it's color, but there's some interesting things that could be done. So, we'll see. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 75.